Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Hey, everybody. Guys, welcome to the show. I'm Jimmy. I'm Paradox. And this is Josh. This is going to dovetail somewhat into our discussion last time about politics. Everything's politics. Because we're going to talk about a topic that is supercharged with politics. Politically. And I'm sure you thought... Back-to-back episodes, one going, stop talking about politics all the time, and then we go right into mass shootings. But we're talking about it without talking politics. We ain't talking politics. We ain't talking politics. Because it's not a political solution. Can I get an amen? Yeah. You got a yeah. I got an outcast? Oh, no, that was Haya. Here I was in 1990. I'm I'm saying it, and I'm not really sure, but I'm going to say 1991. I think it was 91. Yeah. Here I was. It was just a normal day. I'm sitting in my hotel room in Moscow in the former Soviet Union. You know, like normal. Yeah. Watching CNN International. That was before it was the Communist News Network. Okay, see, I got to stop doing that, even though I consider it funny. So I was sitting in... um, Yeah, that was political. In Moscow, because we were going to be... It was uh, October 16th, 91. Okay, very nice. So here I was, October 16th, 1991, in a hotel in downtown Moscow... While your children were a block away from movies. Yes. We were going to be taking a youth group there in the following summer. And, and so it was kind of the pre-trip over there. And I'm in, my, in the hotel room, and I flip on, and they have English-speaking CNN International. And it was one of the more surrealistic experiences of my life because I looked, and there was this little inside of Luby's in Colleen, because I was, I was minister of youth at First Baptist in Colleen, and y- y'all were little. And Third grade, a block away. The night before I left on the trip, we went and had dinner at Luby's. We always did. And since there were a family of five, there was this larger round table underneath this kind of gazebo thing in the restaurant, and that's where we had had dinner, because we always would sit at that since it would seat five. And... As I was just kind of unpacking, and I just kind of glanced over at the television, and I went, that looks oddly like where I had dinner right before I left. And then it showed the shooting that had taken place, one of of the more notorious of the mass shootings. It was the largest until Virginia Tech. Yeah. And now, yeah, before all these. When I got back, the surrealism continued because I met Dan Rather right outside my office. Uh, at the church. And so... You met Dan Rather? Yeah. What? Yeah. He was there covering the whole thing. Yeah, but did you actually shake his hand? Yeah. See what's up? Yeah. Huh? He asked me my opinion. Really? And I said, you're really too liberal for what you do for a living? That keep was doing political that. Again. I keep doing that. I've got to stop yes. doing that. Yeah, it was just everyone was, you know... <laughs> I was expecting to come back and have all these children just in a pile because they were so upset. And they were going, did you meet Dan Rather? <laughs> Barbara Walters was in the lobby. Wow, 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 was. So, anywho, so we had to deal with this fact. Yeah. No, maybe it's not the time. Early, early in the 1990s. How? 
Do you remember when you threw up or who threw up on you at gunfighting Six Flags? What? Who fainted on you? Lisa Gibbon. Yeah, entertainment tonight. Entertainment tonight. You meet the most random people. <laughs> I do. I do. Yes. Dan Rathers one time so, fainted on me. Y- yes. Early, early, early in the 90s, this was taking place. And we had to, as a church and as a youth group with a bunch of minors and these teenagers, had to to discuss and try in some way make emotional and a spiritual sense out of something that is is irrational. Can I take 30 seconds and tell yeah. the audience where I was? Mm-hmm. I was a block away. I've already yeah, said sure. that four times. With the SWAT team rappelling onto your school roof. Yep. So I asked to go to the restroom. And I was in third grade. And, of course, this was before. It was as probably it was happening. So we didn't know inside the school. And so I give, I'm given a hall pass by my third grade teacher, Mrs. Cox. Mm-hmm. I also learned Shout out. my multiplication yeah. tables from her. And so I was going to the restroom, and that's when I saw all the janitors and squat teams running around. Did you say they, the squat teams? They thought he had gotten out. Or there were multiple shooters. Yes. Yes. And so they were locking our doors. SWAT teams was on our roof. And then I go back in, and that's when Mrs. Cox announced to us, kind of, we're staying in our rooms is what's happening. And one of my friends, I don't know why it's ingrained in my head to this day, she said, I thought I heard gunshots. <laughs> As a third grader, I'm just like, what? Didn't hear gunshots. Looking back on it now. Yes. Yeah. Anywho. It was it was it was really funny now. It wasn't really funny then. Yes. Uh, but now hilarious. And then, and then yeah, obviously. And then I next moment, mom's bird barging in the door, picking up her honeys, and we're running. Did they let you in? One yeah. under each arm. Oh, my, but it was just it was But I'm assuming it was a long line. Mom is actually in the room, so I'm talking to her now. It was a long line to get in and get your children and But there was there was reports of of banks being robbed and you know multiple when the kooks assailants. Come out. You know, this is all on the police scan. I mean, it was yeah, crazy times. But we're not going to go on a political diatribe about mass shootings. But when our kids see something and you know, there's, you know, since mass shootings now, they're not happening a couple of times a decade. They're happening a couple of times a week. Uh, and so because of this, at some point we've got to, how do we exactly discuss this unimaginable evil? How do we talk about that with our kids? So when our kids are looking at the TV and they say, hey, mom, dad, what happened? Why did that man do that? Why are all those people crying? You know, at some point, we've got to put some thought into our answer so that we just don't make a bad situation even worse. The problem with discussing, and when we say things like irrational, unimaginable, we're all, we're all but saying this is very difficult to put into any words at all. But how a child, the words to use in communicating this to a child are extremely important. And it's, it's a very difficult path to navigate because, again, you don't want to make the situation worse than it already is because if you give a, a younger child too much information, it's going to be overwhelming and they could jack their anxiety and they start looking for a mass killer every time they leave the house behind the trash cans. Or if you give too little information to an older kid, then in our day and age, we have now left them to social media and their peer group to seize upon this this very, very, very important teachable moment in their lives. So how we do this is a, is a really a 
big issue and a problem for most parents. So uh, ultimately, and this is really with with any topic with our kids, if they're old enough to ask, they're old enough to hear. Yes. And so if they're asking, we do need to sit down and have a conversation and not just ignore it. But also, we need to be careful to really only answer what they're asking. So mommy, daddy, why is there that gun and blood on the television? Well, sweetheart, someone was really angry. You know, well, and again, and don't assume for a, son, a younger child. Don't assume they're struggling. It's correct. like going up to Sammy and go, "Now, Sammy, that was a hollow point bullet, honey, and, yep. it, and it blows out the back of their brains." If they're a younger child, don't assume you need to have the talk. Correct. It's to really your point, only if they're when asking. they approach and they ask you, respond in honesty. Yeah. You know, why was there a shooting? Well, some people are angry and sad and lonely. Mm. Or what is that? Well, it was a shooting. Or, you know, someone killed somebody else. Well, why was that? You know, they're going to eventually run out of questions, and so you're just answering them directly Mm -hmm. and not really going on and on about what you think about this particular topic. Because they don't have the brain synapses. Correct. Much less to get into a whole thing on gun control. I mean, which is where this argument goes, and it's just, it's, it's imbecilic. Honey, people want to take away our guns and the Second Amendment. It's, uh, stop it. Stop it. It's not a political solution. No. So it can't be a political solution. And it answer. doesn't need to be a political discussion because that's not why this is happening. To your point, it's happening because there are lonely, sad, mentally ill, and evil people in the world. And it's a sad thing, but that's part of being, uh, you know, a part of living in a fallen world. Lions, who just we saw the Lion King. You you just look at all those gazelles and they're bowing and they're frolicking. The lions rip their throats out. I mean, this is, this is, uh, we live in a fallen world where people die and evil exists and evil people do evil things. And that's not really a discussion that you can get into with a smaller child. So don't take this as an opportunity to wax eloquent on politics or, you know, the bigger picture. Because even though, yes, Satan does exist, the deceiver, the father of lies. Evil does exist. And that probably needs to be put into some sort of context when we're talking to our kids. You know, we talk about, you know. Oh, absolutely. Now lay me down to sleep, you know, and, you know, we talk about Satan and protect us from, you know, Satan. Well, this this is Satan. And we're not saying that that shooter was Satan. We're just saying that this is what happens when the prince of the power of the air still has free room to to roam on this earth. These bad, horrible things happen. It's important, I think, probably to make sure that they understand that God doesn't do these bad things. Now, that's a, that's a heavy, that's a really heavy, in fact, that's probably the single biggest problem for Christianity philosophically from the very beginning, is if God's all-powerful and all-loving, how can evil exist? And let's take El Paso. If God's all-powerful, he could have stopped that, and he didn't. It, it, uh, so he's not all-powerful. If he's all-loving, then he would have stopped it, but he couldn't. Therefore, he's not all-powerful. So that's a huge issue to discuss, and probably only with a teenager would you get into that. And, and, and if you haven't got a copy of A Case for Faith by Lee Strobel, that's probably the very best at, in a very understandable way, laying that out have that with an older child, a teenager, but not with not with younger kids. There's also a great resource by Dobson. It's an old one, probably 30 years old, but When God Doesn't Make Sense. 
And that's something that a, a Christian parent ought to just read that, highlight it, reread it, because this is going to come up a lot. You know, we're all cool with Granny dying. Uh, she was 900 years old. But when so-and-so's, my third grade buddy's daddy died in a car crash, how does that happen? Why does that happen? So it, 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 Dobson's book is really, and, and again, it's weird that even saying the word Dobson has political connotations to it. But that is a fantastic book in trying to understand and communicate how, what do we do when God doesn't make sense? You already touched on this. Make sure you're just ask when ans- you're only answering when asked, and only answer what's being asked. Yes, and you. And it's also you can be very honest. You don't have to know an unknowable yep. act of God. Why would someone do that? I don't know. I don't know, sweetie. Why someone would do that? It's just so sad and so wrong. It's it, there's nothing wrong with saying I don't know. But we, because we don't know why something like that happened, but we do know God. In fact, you know, and, and making sure that our kids know it's okay to ask why. You know, if Jesus is hanging on the cross and he said, my God, why have thou, if Jesus can ask why, we can ask why, and our kids can ask why, and we don't jump on them for asking why and tell them they shouldn't ask why, they should have more faith. No, this is, this is good. And if they're asking, that's a good thing that they're asking, that they're asking you is a really good thing. Uh, you don't have to have all the answers. However, if you do find yourself coming up short, there are resources where you can go and, and find those things out and so you can come I don't, back later. I don't know is an okay answer. Yeah, absolutely. And I would add on, I would try to spend more time with your child talking about being a part of the solution mm-hmm. than really the whys and the problem the shooting. Again, you talk about it with them and you answer the questions that they're asking, but much more of our time should be spent on talking about solution and actually being a part of the solution. Well, and that solution, can I continue with solution? We're we're in, we're talking solutions. Yes, absolutely. That solution is prayer. First and foremost, it's prayer for brokenness. It's prayer for repentance. It's prayer for forgiveness. It's prayer for healing of our land and this people, and it's also just loving people. You know, the the shooters didn't wake up with an AK in their hand. They grew up potentially lonely and isolated, and while we can't change that ultimately if that's their decision, we can teach our kids to love that kid yes. sitting alone yes. at the lunch table. yes. And so it's the solution is prayer, it's community, it's it's teaching our kids to love the unlovely <laughs> or the unlovable. Well, and real quick to that point you're making right there, do you know some, something like 50% of, of millennials and down believe it's wrong to share our faith? They think it's wrong to share our faith. Well, then why do we have these, these young men with meaningless lives and they just live in this darkness of video games and and these, these, these toxic uh, discussion boards, is we don't have, they're not receiving the message of light and life. One of the things they can do is share, share their joy in Jesus with other people. Because I can tell you, if that would have happened to these shooters, they wouldn't have shot. If they, if they knew Christ, this would not happen. So, I mean, bottom line, evangelism is part of our solution. So talk to him about it, but spend much more time discussing how to be hope, 
how to be light, how to be a part of the solution yeah. for the next generation. Yeah. We might not necessarily get these people that are doing this currently, but we can raise up our kids in such a way that hopefully they can love the unlovable shooter that might be a shooter 30 mm -hmm. years from now. Exactly. And I'm reminded of um, that, that famous quote from Mr. Rogers, when you've got smaller kids uh, and they're seeing what's happening and they're asking why. You know, he said, when I was a boy, when I would see scary things on the TV news, my mother would always tell me, look for the helpers because you're always going to find people who are helping. And so when they're looking at this carnage and they're looking at this scary thing that happened, look at all those people, you know, that are helping, that have their arm around. And when I think back to Luby's, one of my Sunday school workers was one of the first on the scenes that was in the building and were firing shots at him. And, and then when you look, there were other church members that were EMS workers and Red Cross workers. And so you can, you can make sure, you know, instead of just focusing on what an insane evil thing an insane person did say well sweetie look at look at those people helping look at those people taking care of and comforting and and helping fix those that are injured and and focus on you you can't really say the positive because how is there a positive in something like that but you know deflect their the vision in yeah to the light of the situation talk about it answer the questions directly if they're asking they're old enough to hear but spend much more time discussing solutions and how they themselves can be a part and of it. And know this is coming again. So seriously, get A Case for Faith by Lee Strobel. Get When God Doesn't Make Sense uh, by James Dobson. Do a little preemptive work. Again, not that you're some apologetic theologian that's just going to explain the existence of evil, but at least you won't be caught flat-footed when your child asks. If you want more information about this episode, go to paradoxpodcast.com. You can also view all of our previous ones as well. You can find us on our socials there too. We appreciate you guys for listening. Take See care. Ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Mm -hmm.